0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Kansas State's Felix Yudika
1: Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills, Gilbert, right here in the GPC studio in beautiful, gorgeous, lovely, tantalizing Manhattan, Kansas. It is rivalry week. That's hard to say, Gizak. Rivalry week. Or robbery, according to Otter. Rivalry. Kansas State plays Missouri on. I guess Monday morning, uh, according to my according to the walk and yeah. talk. Yeah, I Jeez. said Monday morning.
2: Are they going to put coffee in the Gatorade coolers instead of water? Or Man, what? alive. 11 a.m. kick Monday morning.
1: Saturday morning. What is up with my brain? Saturday morning at the Bell. Cats and Tigers renew a rivalry that has been quiet for 11 years. It gets started again. When these players were in grade school. They played last. That's how long ago it is, you fellow olds. It seems like yesterday, it wasn't. Man, I'm fired up for Saturday. First of all, I get to see some friends I haven't seen in a while because they're in a different conference, the SEC. Also today, I said they were in the Big Ten, not on the walk and talk. But apparently, um, I've suffered a head injury and I didn't know it. You misremembered the 2010 expansion rumors? I misremembered everything today. Chris Climate was really good at his press conference. He didn't say much. We didn't uh, get a situation today. I think. know. Mm. See guys, I think I think he's listening because he he's now being very careful not to give me any photo fodder for my weekly smart-ass tweets. Those are great, by the way.
3: Today's was really good and someone actually thought you were
1: serious. They always do. You need How the could
4: disclaimer you? at the bottom.
1: I don't want to do the disclaimer. It's like takes the fun out of it. Uh we need we really need someone to invent the the sarcasm font. So that you see the font, and you go, Oh it's sarcasm. But it's not even sarcasm. It's just a it's a joke. Yeah. It's not even sarcasm. Yeah, he's been real careful and he's now not saying situation. He might do it situationally heading forward. But anyhow, it was a very tame press conference. Am I wrong in that? Or was that they all said, oh, we don't really think this is a rivalry because we're all so young.
2: Yeah. But then they <laughs> wouldn't say anything either. Like they were all guarded. The today. only one that said anything was Deuce. And he was talking about Felix and basically mm-hmm. telling Felix's story, which that was about the only juicy thing we got. Mm. Well, we're gonna do your questions from Wabash Station. That's what we do every
1: week. And we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into the fridge. You can get there before kickoff. I think they can open at nine. I think that's when they can open. So I mean, if you want the first first booze off the booze tree, I mean you get there at nine. It's freshly picked booze right there at the fridge. The corner of uh this and that, it's college and Westloop, but I can't ever oh my god. Nope. I did it wrong. <laughs> Oh my god. It's not Westloop. That's Loop. the worst one you've done. Claflin and Westloop. I swear. Westport. Guys. Westport. Oh. <sighs> Claflin Westport. You know, uh a man with more ego and dignity would just stop and start all over, but I'm rolling with this. This is what I become today. I have no functioning brain cells. Anyhow, uh look it up on uh Google Maps. It's it's called the Fridge and it's fantastic. Make sure you stop in every Saturday. Uh, So uh, Zach picks the the questions from Wabash Station, and today's theme is 160 posts or below. These are all fairly new people or people who don't often chime in on the website. So to encourage further, further participation, we have bellied up to the bar of the newbies and said, service some. I want to be
3: clear. They aren't necessarily new. But some of them may have signed up over during the yeah, special, yeah. which ended last night. If you're listening Wednesday, and but thank you to everyone thank who did. Everyone we are, are one of the up. fastest growing sites on 24 seven. But also, I didn't do this specifically until I noticed that all of these good questions were coming from people who rarely ask questions or have not asked questions. So, welcome to everybody who is on the podcast today. Get your post count up so the next time we do this, you're not included in this edition of a podcast.
1: Guys, I'm a little worried. We're in week two and my brain's already failing.
2: This is fall camp for you. This the non-conference is fall camp. Once we get to conference season, it'll be like the normal season. We
1: got to add fits to the injury report. Oh, <laughs> a, <laughs> a pulled brain. Here we go. Your question from Wabast Station. I'm assuming Gills Gilbert has it. Ryan Gills Gilbert, will you talk now and, yes. and ask us some very good questions?
3: So, Zach, do you want me to include all No, these? you don't need to write the – you don't need to say their post
4: count. That was just for me to just keep
2: Just for track. you. Okay. Yes.
4: It's
1: just Zach's Sorry. world.
4: We're living in it. It's You're living in my world. From Pelchek, which was more impressive on Saturday? K-State's <laughs> – Is
1: that right? That's good.
4: Yeah. I like that. Pel- oh, Pelchek. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Which was more impressive on Saturday? K-State's rushing success or the defense getting shut out? <laughs>
1: shut out. Shut out. I mean, K-State's going to run the ball on everyone. In fact, K-State was really – pretty bland, their running game. They had the opening run. They ran Deuce outside one time, and he went for a touchdown. I think some of the numbers are biased towards these long runs. Yes,
3: yeah. it was impressive, but if you look at the sheer number of yards that they got,
2: came on a handful of plays. I think the defense, not necessarily because it was a shutout, but because they played so many players yep. and got right. the shutout. I mean that's a good sign it doesn't matter like people say you know what a shutout is a shutout and you have to respect that but the fact that they did this with really their second and third teamers the whole entire second half you go back and you watch that game the linebackers the safeties the defensive line by the beginning of the third quarter they're pretty much out of the game the number one unit i don't know zach fitz ryan i don't know if you agree with me but like it was like they probably saw like five or six series together max and then they were rotating in guys and trying to get them experience with some of the starting group so um There was a lot of depth. I think there's more depth than maybe we thought, especially in the secondary. I was very impressed with those guys. And, you know, it's going to be a lot better test against Missouri, but a very promising effort from the defense. And not to say that the rushing attack was bad or, you know, it wasn't good or anything. I just, you know, I think they got complacent on offense and on defense. Those guys came ready to play.
3: And there were opportunities in the second half when those non-starters were in the game that South Dakota had that they could have scored. And you can say as much as you want about South Dakota State squandering those opportunities, but
4: they were in K-State's half of the field, and K-State was able to still defend very well. Not to knock K-State's defense, but there were a few like fourth and one where they just run it up the middle. It's like they didn't really try too hard. K-State's defense played well, but you know I, I think there should have been at least a touchdown allowed. But I, I still think they played better than the
1: rushing game. Yeah, I agree. I I also want to go out on a limb here and say the rushing game was better than the passing game.
4: It's, but it's, it didn't have to be. That was the game
1: plan. I know. I, I, they they were very careful with it. They just you could tell. And you know, Adrian was kind of rusty. We'll
2: go back and watch the game film, and, and you'll see Adrian Martinez instead of there. There was definitely plays where you know you would expect a quarterback to maybe try and get an extra two or three yards and he just kind of went out of bounds or instead of sliding he he casually made his way to the sideline so he didn't get hit i think playing smarter in that situation is actually a good thing um think about how many times last year skyler thompson when they would be up three touchdowns in a game that was like this would go dive for the first down and all the fans get excited it's like those hits add up and so um i I think the offense was as vanilla as it could possibly be. Um, and, and again, you know, I I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit there, Ryan. I think South Dakota was really trying to get into the end zone, um, especially at the end of the game. They felt like they when K-State's, had their, when K-State's backups were in, they were better than their backups, and that wasn't the case. And so um, you have to give credit where credit is due, in my opinion.
1: I agree. That's nice. That's very nice you give everyone credit. Thank you. You're a really nice guy. What's your name again? I forgot. Okay.
4: From infected testicle. Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, let's just be clear here. We thought the infection had cleared up, but he's back.
4: Talk about you, right?
1: I don't think it's about me. I, w- I never thought I'd say this in my life. I never really did. But boy, we missed you, infected testicle.
4: <laughs> After watching the post game walk and talk, I'm not worried about the passing game yet. I am curious, though. Did Adrian Martinez hesitate on plays due to receivers not getting open? Or did he just not see open players? I think he saw some open players. He did check down
1: before. I saw Malik break break loose a couple times. And Adrian kind of saw him but didn't react to it and threw it underneath. I I swear I think they were just being careful not to get greedy, throw it downfield. I, I don't think they wanted to put too much on film. And I also don't think, and I think in the absolute Worst case, they wanted him to have a turnover. They wanted him to have a turnover-free game. But I got to say this, Cole. What was that? Was that, was, that, you? that was Cole. Was
2: unfortunately, me this okay.
1: time. Okay, I got to say this, Cole. I have never seen a starting quarterback that did not throw an interception have a quarterback rating of 17. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. I, I, I'm, a, I'm amazed. I didn't see that. How low it was. I've never seen a. He had no turnovers, and yet his QB
2: rating was 17. The only way to go was up. Can you have a negative QBR? Sure, you can. You can. I,
1: I mean, if you can have no turnovers and complete 11 of 15 and have a 17, I would think so. My God. It, it, the, the reality of the situation you is. You can't even take his passing rating on a date. <laughs> any one of.
2: <laughs> it's any, true. Any one of the quarterbacks <laughs> on K State roster wins that game 34 to nothing if they don't turn the ball over. You could have put Adrian Lauren. You could have put Jake Ruby. You could have yeah, put Will Howard matter. in. Yep. You could have put. Parker Kavanaugh, and that game was going to be thirty-four to nothing, no matter what. Adrian Martinez did absolutely nothing, but on that same on that same hand, I don't really think he needed to, and I don't think he wanted to. I got the sense from talking to him today there was a lot more jitters and nerves than I think people were people would realize. I mean, he's coming into a situation, and I don't care what he says, I don't care what people around him say. When you leave a toxic environment. And you get into an environment that's not toxic, it feels different. Like it it just feels different. And so for him to come in, not turn the ball over, go through the game and say, Okay, this is how this can be, right? That felt like to me, watching him play, it felt like a trial run. Like he's out there saying, All right, let me just kind of get my feet wet. You know, he to compare it to going to the pool, right? You you put your feet in the water and then once you start to feel comfortable, you start to slowly inch out more and eventually you're swimming, I think he's gonna be swimming next week. Yeah,
3: I just I feel like the no turnovers thing was the point of emphasis. I think they really wanted him to sit there, maybe take some sacks that he could have gotten out of, but just go through your progressions, make the smart decision. Sometimes it's better to fold than to try making something happen. And I think that, you know, as much as I would have loved to see him throw the ball downfield to Malik Moore, I think that that was kind of the goal. Don't force stuff. Let's go through a game. Make sure you don't need to be perfect, but your decision-making needs to be correct. You Mm -hmm. make the right decisions at the right times. Sometimes the sack, you know, taking a punt, you know, is the right option.
4: Yeah, it's okay to get sacked every once in a while. And it's going to be a learning curve going from Nebraska's offensive line, which was clearly not as good as this K-State's offensive line. You're going to have more time to throw, and that timer might go off in your head just a little bit sooner because naturally, are used to Nebraska's line. Now at K State, he's got more time, and I'm sure the coaches did say, "Yeah, it's okay to take a sack. We'd rather have that and give yourself a second and fifteen than just force the ball and turn it over and give the ball right over to the defense."
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but it didn't change my opinion of Adrian Martinez at all. Like no, that game, it no. didn't. It didn't change my opinion at all. N- not enough information.
1: No. Well, we'll just see um, how how he plays this. This is a big game. He's got to play well against Missouri. I mean, the whole team does. I, I think Missouri. This is a big opportunity for Missouri. <clears throat> I mean, they, last thing they want to do is lose to their little peon, little brother again. They've always had a condescending attitude about Kansas State football, let alone the fact that they're in the little old big twelve now and they're mighty SEC. So, um, this is a big test for K State.
4: From Cardio Cat seventy eight, we saw special teams you with this with a scoop and score again on Saturday. Do we see the cats leading the nation in special team stats and scores this season? Could they're up to a good start. If that
1: wasn't some kind of aberration, Seth Porter's going to block a lot of punts. Cause he could have blocked three. He could have blocked three. He was back there, but he said he absolutely he just put out an arm on two of them. Cause he didn't want to get a roughing. He didn't want to do anything bad, but the one he did block, he said it was just so he almost had to slow down. It was there so quickly. It was so easy. You
3: know, I was down there filming it, you know, right there, see it happen. And, it was amazing how quick Seth Porter was able to
1: get to the punter. The highlight of the block punt, though, wasn't the block punt itself or the scoop and score. It was the punter going face first and bouncing his head off the turf. The <laughs> poor guy, the poor guy, did a face
4: plant and his head just bounced off the turf. He was okay. It was okay, but and that's why Zach's on the field for us, mm-hmm. getting those mm-hmm. shots. I will say that shot of Deuce on his block on the first play of the game that you had was great. I honestly don't even remember it.
3: I don't remember my my okay. shot of. I I don't remember looking at Deuce. Yeah. In that
2: clip, I was just worried about Malik. So yeah. I so when I when I broke down this play for Tale of the Tape, which uh, ran on Tuesday morning, I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't see the punter fall on his face, and then uh, somebody pointed it out on the boards, and I went back and watched it. And I'm watching. It. It's pretty funny.
1: It's really funny.
2: I mean, it looked like that poor kid had a taste of some uh, Manhattan turf. Uh, yeah. It was. It was bad. I, I think. The good part about all this, though, is that teams now know K-State can block a punt. So that makes your return game even better. Oh, absolutely. Because, it all goes hand in hand. Be- because you have the best, one of the best punt returners in all the country back there in Phillip Brooks. Now you have a weapon like Seth Porter who was able to get in there and block punts. It just is going to make your return game that much better. So I don't know if the, how many more punts they're going to block throughout the season because just the threat of being able to do that makes your return game so much better on top of that we haven't even talked about Malik Knowles as a kick returner he got a chance he didn't even get a chance to return a kick last last uh he didn't even get a chance because they kicked off one time and the next play scored a touchdown so
4: what's interesting though is is Porter mentioned this that it's not just a cut and paste you know drill when it comes to blocking those kicks every week it changes based off of what the other team brings you so you know just because K-State got something on film for other teams their strategy is still going to change week by week
1: Yeah, if I'm South Dakota, like a lot of teams, week one special teams did not fare well. Although K-State had its own issues with the kicking game, I think Chris Tennant will be okay. But, um, yeah, we saw a lot of teams lose because special teams weren't ready. LSU. When will coaches freaking figure it out? If you suck in special teams, you're going to lose. You can prep all you want for offense and defense. But if you collapse in special teams, you're in big trouble. All over college football. Poor East Carolina. Poor East Carolina. They had NC State on the ropes, and they missed field goals and extra points. Same thing with LSU. Yeah, I don't care about LSU. (laughs) I mean, they were playing their third stringers again, right? That's you're not worried about their
2: family. (laughs) I
1: don't. I I think he was a horrible hire for LSU. I think it's going to be a disaster. Good luck. Have fun. Desmond Purnell was almost our first touchdown
3: scorer of the year. I if we know. go back to our predictions, he was very close. He was. I don't know
1: who picked Desmond Purnell, but I don't think it uh, was any of us. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Totally. I, well, I meant to, but I've got a history of misspeaking, so it's pretty clear I meant it.
4: Yeah. Still Malik Knowles, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Malik Fitz Knowles. Is colluding with the players with his prop bets. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast prop bets. Yeah. <laughs> last question of the first half is from CTK Stater. I thought that Jake Rubley showed some promise on Saturday. If Jake continues to improve, does this cause a log jam at QB in future seasons between Jake, Will Howard, and Avery Johnson? It's going to be a com- competition. I
1: mean, Adrian Lahr, don't leave him out either. I mean, this kid can wing it. He's a stud. And plus he's wearing number seven, and that's like magic. I, I'll say this. I'm really happy for Jake Rubley because he was behind. He he was so far behind. He lost his senior season, gets injured. His redshirt freshman year was hardly any progress at all, and people were clamoring for him to play, and they refused to believe that he wasn't ready. To see him go out and perform like that, that efficiently, that's good for his psyche, Uh, but let's not get ahead here. I mean, he is still a young quarterback, who hasn't played much in the last few years. He's going to need some time. But, yeah, I'm telling you what, next year, this is going to be a battle. We're, we're all thinking they're going to get the red shirt on Will Howard. they will be ready to go. I mean, Will Howard has NFL measurements. The kid is now 6'5", like 225. It's unbelievable. He is big and strong and yeah, but it's going to be a competition. So for all of you who are freaking out, we can't have Will Howard as a quarterback. He doesn't know anything. Well, there's other options. That was a good impression of people. By the way. <laughs> um, he, he, there's other options on this team, and they're not just going to give it to someone. It is going to be a battle. But if I know Chris Kleiman, if he's got a little Bill Snyder in him, which I'm finding out he does based on how little they put on the field on Saturday, they won't be nothing decided on the quarterback front next spring. It's going to go over the summer, right into fall camp, probably right up to start a class. So as soon as they step into the classroom, they've uh, they've started that clock for the year. And then he'll decide who the starter is.
2: It'll be fascinating, and I'm with you. I thought Jake Ruby played really well. He, he did. He, he looked in command. To me, that was the biggest thing. But he looked didn't in command do in
4: anything office. different than what Martinez did. Like you mentioned earlier, who was that? You or, or Zach that it doesn't matter who Case they had yeah. at quarterback. It's a 40, yeah. 40, 30, 40, 34 to zero win, right? right? No matter what. I get you. Jake Grubley threw yeah. a nice pass to Will Swanson. It was a good pass.
3: It was a good play. It wasn't spectacular, and it was one play in a game during garbage time. I think that yes, Jake Grubley looked fine at quarterback in that fourth quarter. But being able to say, look at that fourth quarter. Where the offense scored zero points and saying, I'm excited about that as the future, is a little premature. You're, you ready
2: for this? If this was Jaron Lewis that made that pass, this wouldn't even be a question. Yeah, true. We wouldn't even be talking about this right now. And I understand that Jake Rubley is a four-star recruit, and I get that. Maybe he has improved. He's obviously jumped Jaron Lewis. He's ahead of Adrian Lara. And honestly, maybe he is ahead of Will Howard. We don't know. Colin Klein said he was... I asked him, is he the number three quarterback? He never said, Well Howard is the number two and Jake is the number three. He didn't say that. He just said Jake that Jake Ruby has improved. And I mean I still think it's situational though. I think that. It's what I'm sorry. Situational. I'm sorry.
1: Situational.
3: Huh? Situational. Thank you. you, you, go.
1: you. Good Lord. Come can't on.
3: Guys. Can't keep you, you
2: can't there. you can't you cannot convince me that if Jake Ruby plays against Tulane, which you know, if things go as planned, that probably should happen. That if he gets hurt if if Adrian Martinez somehow gets hurt against Oklahoma that they're just going to throw in Will Howard after not having so. played.
3: I think if it's an injury, if it's an injury to Adrian Martinez, I think that
1: they
4: absolutely will put Will Howard. Yeah. In. If there's any jeopardy in the game being played, Howard's going in.
1: Right. That's the, that's a two part there. Is he hurt? Is the game in peril? Yes. um And if the game's in peril, they'll put Will in at this point.
2: But there, are you guys with me that Jake Brubley and Will Howard, in my honest opinion? Both those guys will not be on the roster next year. I think one of them will transfer. With how many transfers? The way
3: the way you said both made me sound like made it sound like both of them will be gone.
2: No, no, one of them.
1: Only one of them will. I don't think there's any doubt that players will transfer. I mean, that's
4: just the world in which we live now. But has a a tangible chance to be the starter next season. If not, he would have been
2: gone by now. No, I think it's going to be. I just think the the white elephant of Avery Johnson coming in is, throws a whole other wrench into this. Because if you're Jake Rubley, you have to look at playing time, right? I mean, at the very best, let's say Will Howard wins the job. Will Howard can potentially be the starting quarterback for two years. That leaves you one year to be the starting quarterback. On top of that, you got a guy in Avery Johnson who's going to be right there continuously battling with you to be the number two. So I don't know if, if that's something you want to hang around for. On the flip side, if you're Will Howard, do you even mess around with that? Because... At what point do you say, if I lose my job, I got two more guys up behind me that we think are going to be players. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. And, you know, I, I do not envy Colin Klein in this situation because there's going to be some hard decisions that are going to have to be made. Oh, I'm fine with envying Colin Klein.
1: He's got like four quarterbacks from which to pick. True. He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. That's it for the first half of the PowerCap podcast. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we've been doing a sale, um, and it has ended now. Unfortunately, you missed the 75% off. But I'd like to thank everyone who did sign up. I mean, when you see the, the top list of subscriptions sold, with this sale across the network to see go Powercat up there in the top five with some really big sites is is humbling it's flattering and uh we appreciate it as we continue to grow um quickly and we hope uh, more of you will consider coming over now the good news is uh you still get a hell of a deal if you want to sign up at full price i don't know what the network's it's offering
3: 30 percent off is the regular offer on a vip annual subscription or you can get your first month for one dollar
1: or you can email 24/7 Sports uh, support at 24/7 Sports and say I want to pay full price. And here's why: I'm not trying to get more money out of you. When you pay full price on an annual subscription, you get a free Paramount Plus subscription. That's a hundred dollar value in itself, so it kind of pays for itself. If you're interested in that streaming platform and K State, just do that. Just email and say, Hey, I want I want to pay the price because I want. Paramount Plus right now and they'll get you hooked up. Lots of great deals always coming at 24-7 sports our team in Nashville does an incredible job of making you uh, making values available to you throughout the year but boy that 75% off was a great deal um, and and I'm so glad that we continue to grow. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor and we will be right back
3: This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe
0: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: this is kansas state's daniel green and welcome back to the power cat podcast on the 24 7 sports podcast network Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, our weekly endeavor into anything you want to ask us about. And this week, we're letting some of the less frequent posters at GoPowerCat.com get their crack at asking the questions from Wabash Station. I think uh, the max was 160. The largest poster was 160 posts. Some of you have that in a day, (laughs) roughly. This is true. Ish. Ish. We're sponsored by The Fridge, which is not an ish. It is the best the best liquor store I've come across in the state of Kansas. When you come to Manhattan, make sure you stop into the fridge. If you have any product questions, they have a very knowledgeable staff, all kinds of new products coming into the fridge all the time. Go check it out. And again, we appreciate their ongoing support of the PowerCat podcast as they have signed up for another year. And we also appreciate the fellas, the players for our NIL reads that they have given us. It's kind of a cool little thing. Kind of, Kind of cool. I like it. Here we go. Your question's to Wabash station. Gills, you still got it? Yes. You're like like in control here. Man, you're just like...
4: I've got this. I want this. I'm taking charge. Okay. From Pelster, to start off the second half, what type of numbers does 9 a.m. need to put up this week in order to silence the Nebraska quote-unquote fans (laughs) that seem to be rooting for his demise? I don't think it matters this week. I think it's the Oklahoma game. You have direct
3: opponent back to back. It's just win. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what I don't think it matters. That, so just yeah, if, win you, if you keep winning, but I think where it really comes down to, and you can probably throw in Scott Frost into this conversation as well how does Nebraska play against Oklahoma? Does Oklahoma absolutely kick Nebraska's teeth in? Or, you know, is it a close game like last year? And then the next week, K State goes down to Oklahoma. Does K State win? Do they beat Oklahoma badly? I think that that's the true comparison that Nebraska fans are going to be interested in.
2: Fitz, are you ready to bleep this out? Yeah, I don't give a what Nebraska fans think. Beep. Well, I been late. I, I I don't care. Like, who cares? Like, why is this even a conversation? Like, if what, what? Why are they still obsessed? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I responded to a guy that I think they it was a podcast something. I they had almost ten thousand followers. You know, ripping on Adrian's. Quarterback rating, which is kind of funny, i got to admit. But don't don't you have your own concerns? You were tied with North Dakota at halftime.
2: Not North Dakota State. North Dakota! They might lose this weekend. They played Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern put up 59 points last week. Now, granted, it's an FCS team, but still, it's not, an ex- it's not exactly a game they'll win. Did you say an FCS team? An FCS. SEC F-C-S. Pretty,
1: pretty. Uh, They played Morgan State. Oh, but Georgia Southern. Here's an interesting piece of uh, information. Uh, Morgan is not a state. hmm. Hmm.
2: I don't know how they like worry about your own team. That's the bottom line. I think Adrian's going to be good. Um,
1: You know, the only thing that will uh, make Nebraska fans happy at this point is if his turnovers cause defeat for K State. If that's not the case, then K State. Made the right choice in making him quarterback. Period. So yeah. That's the thing. Nebraska fans don't seem to grasp this. Your quarterback doesn't need to win every game for you. They can put up a quarterback rating of seventeen. With a final score thirty four nothing against a team that's pretty decent for the level of play at which they compete.
4: I'll take it. Thirty-four to nothing. Nothing to complain about overall. It's funny just because Martinez left Nebraska with class. He took the high road. He always said the right things when talking you know, to the media and all this type of stuff. Uh, imagine if Skylar Thompson went and transferred away to, I don't know, Colorado or some local school. Well, I can't imagine rooting against him. No Fan, media member, whatever it is. I can't imagine
2: that. Nobody rooted against Alex Delton when he transferred to TCU. No, they rooted for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think fans might have had a reason or two to root against him, but they didn't. I, I mean, I guess if to answer Pilser's question, does Adrian Martinez have to throw for 200 yards and throw for three touchdowns, have an amazing game, and K-State <laughs> beats Missouri by two touchdowns, will they shut up after that? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll ever shut up. It doesn't matter what K-State does. They, they, be they
1: have to have him be bad to affirm their worth in the world, and that is so pathetic.
4: It would piss them off the most if Martinez throws for three or four interceptions and has a fumble and K-State just consistently wins by, like, two points and they get all these one-score games. Same Adrian, better team. Yeah. (laughs) From S-F-C-G-V-R... With the eye doctor's skills? We are. Where's the red barnet? Mm. Six well-deserving <laughs> former players were placed in the ring of honor this past weekend. Who is not up on the ring that should be? There's only one player that comes to mind right now, and he's not eligible.
1: Who? Deuce Vaughn. Mm. I'm going to go with Kevin Lockett. I'm going to go with Kevin Lockett. I wish they'd put him in with his son, but maybe they wanted to do it separately.
2: I almost asked De- Deuce about that.
1: There's some old guys that need to be up there. There's some some guys that are no longer with us. I mean, Elmer Hackney and, you know, some All-American type guys. That, do you think it's it's the time has passed for them to be on there at all? No, I just I think, think they're going to make sure they have one. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, what do they call it? Legacy. Legacy. No, legacy okay. player like, that goes like up. Larry Brown. Yeah. They're going to make sure they include one. and And we all recognize that for the most part it's going to be Snyder era forward players, because that's where most talent, but there were some great players back in the day and we'll, we'll see who goes up. But I think Kevin Lockett absolutely belongs up there. I don't care if he was third team, all, all American or anything else. He was the leading receiver in K-State football history until his son came along. I mean, he was so good guys. I, I can't even express how good of a receiver he was at the college level. Just amazing.
2: I was going to say Ty Zimmerman. Nah, He's pretty good, yeah. but not that great.
3: Hall of Good, Hall of Good, not even Hall of Great. Ty Zimmerman's in the Hall of Good.
2: He'd be the only one that I can remember. Well, that. Jeff,
3: a, Jeff Kelly is the case. only. I looked. Might I looked either. up. I looked up the consensus All American list. Jeff Kelly is the only one that's currently not a, pl- a current player that is on that list that is not in the ring. I would
1: moment. agree with that. So I, Jeff,
3: Jeff Kelly Jeff probably go up. Is probably in, and Deuce Vaughn at this point is absolutely in. He's right. a consensus All-American, oh, and he fits all of the criteria other than being out of school for five years. What about Felix?
2: Do you think he can get up there one day? He could.
4: He's, he's not going to stay around Manhattan long enough.
1: I mean, that's the problem is even if he has a good season this year, he's not going to be able to match Darren Howard's career totals because he'll be gone. If he stays for two years? Yeah, he could. I mean, if he, if that's important to him. And honestly, he may but- not have the size yet to be a high pick in the NFL draft at a rush end. If he's a consensus All-American,
3: I mean, that is that is the critical criteria, and it's not necessarily mandatory. You have to be
1: program transformational uh, as, was, a,
3: as a player, which, which is
1: Kevin Lockett. Then. Right, and that's something that Bill Snyder added because originally the criteria was an All-American, and I had a problem with it from the start. As I said, you're letting outside forces select who's your great players, so I'm so happy that Coach Snyder added the transformational mm-hmm uh quotation there because there's there's a lot of guys that might get but in on that
3: if you truly want to submit yourself in the conversation becoming that consensus all-american like deuce Vaughn did last season is certainly enough as long as you're a good person that represents k-state the right way you know i think that that is the the door to get in if you want to get into the ring of honor
4: yeah agreed <laughs> From Poon
1: Saloon, is that why you were giggling? That's why I giggled. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Uh, just on that note, uh, a veteran reporter today asked Eli Huggins, <laughs> "Describe your sack." Um. So and he and he left. I I had to turn around and leave at that point because I was giggling like a small.
4: He t- Eli chuckled. He, he did chuckle. Like, oh, yeah, wait, this did. is actually. I got to answer this <laughs> yeah. straight FaceTime.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, Poon Saloon.
4: Anywho, which, which is a is lot a better p- than So Long Saloon. You've got to go to the Poon Saloon. What's the key matchup in the Missouri game? Their D line versus K State's O line.
1: Well, that can always be it, but I, I would just say their their defensive front against the rushing game of K State. Going both ways, I
2: think you need to take away that run game on either either way. Their offensive line is not physical. Their offensive line is not physical. K-State should have a field day on the defensive side of the of the defensive line in the front seven. K-State should have a field day. They should do pretty much whatever they want um, on the defensive line with how talented this group is with Felix, with Eli Huggins, with Nate Matlack. Throw Brendan Madden in that conversation. He's a guy we haven't talked about yet, but I was very impressed by him. Um, K-State's defensive line is heads and shoulders above this uh, Missouri Tigers offensive line. So, I mean, that should help. K State uh, in that front. But I-, I think the matchup that I'm looking at, quite honestly, is the receivers versus the secondary, specifically the cornerbacks, because Missouri has some dudes. Um, their receiving core is. It's pretty good. You look at a true freshman in Luther Burden, who was the number one player in the country, along with Travis Hunter, who went to Jackson state as Luther Burden. Um, and then you, they got another guy, Dominic Lovett, who led the team in receiving yards against Louisiana tech. Those are two guys that I look at as guys that are, could be problems for K state. But if Julius Prince and echo Boydo come to play. Then I think K state is going to be fine on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, to me, that is the biggest matchup is K-State's defense versus Missouri's offense because, I mean, that is what Missouri is known for is their offense.
4: I agree with Poon Saloon. It's K-State's offensive line and, and Missouri's defensive line. So great, great question, Poon Saloon. <laughs> Do you want to get that in one more time? Eh, maybe later. Okay.
1: I, I agree. They're you okay. agree
4: as well? Yeah, yeah.
1: Go ahead. Let's move on.
4: Last question from Kat Colo. Wow. Usually... Do you think he's in Colorado or
1: just like he only like he's got one foot in Colorado? He's colorblind. He only sees one color in
4: Columbia. Mm. Oh, boy. Behind enemy lines. Uh Usually after week one, fan base optimism takes a hit when teams disappoint. In the Big 12, only West Virginia lost to a relatively good team in a heated rivalry contest. But everyone else won pretty easily. What team, uh, excuse me, what did we learn from week one about the rest of the conference? Who looked better than expected and who displayed some weaknesses that were perhaps unexpected?
1: Well, KU has definitely improved. They played a trash FCS team. But as someone who covered Bill Snyder, that's who they should have been playing all these years that they've gone up against, like, South Dakota last year and struggled and other teams they've lost to, this is who they should have been playing. Go find the bottom of that division and play them and get better, feel confident. But in watching the part of the game that I could stomach to watch, because, well, God, Tennessee Tech's bad. Um, they have better-looking athletes. They've got better-looking players. They've got a great running back room. So, um, And I'm a Jalen Daniels fan. I love his game. I mean, he would have fit into a Bill Snyder system really well. I think they're better. How much better, I don't know. And maybe we'll find out this weekend against a West Virginia team that I think is pretty good. I mean, think about it. They took one of the best teams from the ACC, the defending champions, had them beat and blew it, which is what bad programs do. But that's the only loss for the conference. I'll take it. Oklahoma State's defense, you got to be worried. He just
4: gave up so many points this Central Michigan. A lot of that was... Uh... Late garbage time though. Forty
1: four points, but I that's don't think it was. From what I'm told, they did not clear the benches. They did not. They played mostly their starters. And at least that's what I was told. I have not gone back and watched it. What were we doing? Were we were doing They're the walkthrough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't see the
2: second half. We were just kind of laughing. The at point the score. is, I mean, come on, like forty four points, even with your backups, that's unacceptable. Yeah, your backups should be better than Central Michigan, at least better than forty four points, right? So, to me. That's the biggest question mark of the whole entire conference right now. Oklahoma State, predicted to be your number two team in the conference, gives up 44 points. That is kind of a... They've lost to
3: Central Michigan recently, though, too. And I get that. But <laughs> they have lost so
2: many pieces. They lost so many pieces on yeah. the defensive side. Like That's a team to keep an eye on. Um, the other team I look at is uh, Oklahoma. I get that they're playing UTEP, and UTEP is not very good. But, I mean... Forty five thirteen. Again, it's kinda of one of those things. Yeah, hey, we're saying the same stuff about K State though. Yeah, but you know how we all know how Oklahoma is. Oklahoma comes out and they just they dominate people on purpose. They run the score up. They don't care. That's how they've always been, that's how they will always be. Um so I, I think there's some kinks in the armor for OU. I don't think they're that good in, in general. Can you get kinks in armor? No, wow. wow. I like that. What did I say? Kinks in the armor. Yeah. I believe. What is it supposed to say? Chinks. Chinks. Yeah. Oh, that's. What? I don't know where my mind's headed. Yeah, like
1: the like. Uh, I thought
2: there was kinks in the armor.
1: No, yeah, it's chinks. It's like a scratch. It's or not
2: anything. a hose. Cole. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Texas Tech destroying Murray State. Does that put anything? No. Does that strike we haven't
4: mentioned there? TCU. I know Colorado's not good per se, but that's still a power five win. By yeah, what, I mean, 15, and, points?
1: and
2: keep
4: yeah. in mind, it was like what
1: 7-6 at halftime or something, yeah. and they just absolutely took them to the woodshed in the second half. But in the defense of uh, of the fans and the team, I mean, those pregame edibles kicked in around halftime, and that really sets you back.
4: Or they
2: wore off. Oh, that could be, too. It could be, too. Hi, hi. I'm, I'm going to look at week two here, and I'm just going to read these matchups off. Oh, I was about was to do in. that. Oh, okay. Alabama and Texas. That'll be a really good game.
1: Uh, 11 a.m. on
2: Fox. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama. Are we picking these games?
1: No, okay. but uh, Alabama is a 20-point favorite. As I'm looking at this line that's on ESPN, I don't know what line it is, but I will take Alabama.
2: And then Houston and Texas Tech, obviously, will be a good game. Iowa, Iowa State, KU, West Virginia, like already mentioned, Arizona State, Oklahoma State. BYU, Baylor, and of course, K-State, Missouri. Those are the highlights. So we're going to find out a lot about this That is a great Saturday of Big 12 football. The only teams that aren't playing anybody is Oklahoma's playing Kent State and TCU's playing Tarleton State. West Virginia's
1: playing
4: KU. Right.
2: Ouch. (laughs) I mean, so look at this, folks. You can wake up and
1: have your choice. Uh, I know what you're going to watch. You're going to watch Missouri, Kansas State, but Alabama, Texas is over there on Fox if you want to flip over. Uh K State game's on ESPN two, so no more streaming this week. And then come along three PM, you can watch Houston at Tech, which is a future Big Twelve game on FS one, or if you have the Big Ten network, you can watch Iowa State and Iowa. Then it's it, gonna be a disgusting game. Yeah, why? Seven to three, Iowa beat South Dakota State. Yeah, I watched that game. It wasn't that
2: exciting. It was going to be. It's going to be just like that,
1: folks. Let's be clear. They won seven to three, but that was a field goal and two safeties. <laughs> yeah, that was not cool. a touchdown. It. Oh my gosh, the, the poor children in that hospital who had to watch that game. <laughs> Um, Kansas and West Virginia. Wait, mommy, Daddy, I want to go home. Kansas and West Virginia kick at five. At, come on, ESPN. This is the debut, the first game of the Big Twelve schedule, and you put it on plus.
4: I'm okay with it being on plus. This is the uh, worst one of the worst games crap, of the season. Bullcrap down uh, the whatever. conference.
1: Uh Kent State and Oklahoma is also on plus, which I find interesting because did they give up the Sooner Network? No, they switched. Sooners switched to ESPN plus this year. Okay, good for them. That's helps out. Uh, that means they can get screwed over too. Uh, Arizona State and Oklahoma State, another future Big Twelve game. I'm going out on limb. The
4: fighting Herms. I don't think that's their nickname. Okay. Oh. You guys are probably how is he not fired yet. Fire <laughs> He's got What's the be difference close? between Big Twelve Now on ESPN Plus and just ESPN Plus? Big twelve now the is schedule the schedule has it on there? The Big
1: Twelve Now is the, the branding. brand. The branding, it's ESPN+. Plus. It's always any Big 12 game
3: on ESPN+, Plus is Big 12 now. Not the OU game. It'll be Big 12
2: now. Do you not see that on I'm there? Willing, Back I'm me
3: willing up. to promise that <laughs> they'll play why? the
4: theme song in all of the intros and outros. This is
2: a Big 12 game, Kansas versus West Virginia. TCU Tarleton's not, but it's on ESPN, oh, yeah. Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, maybe the only thing I could think of is OU is using their own production. Could be. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Can I continue now? Yes, you can. Sorry. Um, uh, Tarleton, uh, by the way, is a
1: purple school, so that's very confusing. Former Division II, by the way. Did you know that? I know. Jonathan Beasley's on the staff there, but not coaching anymore, which that's all another story. Uh, And then you wind it up with uh, what will be Big 12 after dark. Baylor and BYU at 9.15 on ESPN. I love it.
2: Who's winning that game? I know we're not picking, but who's winning that game?
1: Baylor. I think Baylor's really good. Yeah. Um, BYU is the favorite crazy that They're, look you know normally i think they put lines out there to get you to bat you know um and get you to put my but are the byu fans involved in that i don't think so <laughs> the sharps know something mm. something's up well i based on my performance today i am not among the sharps Mm-mm. is
4: that it we're we done pretty dull in the drawer there fits
1: yeah ryan Gilbert, you got anything else to say
4: um, I would say that I agree. That's good. Everything that's been said.
1: That's that's great. That was good.
4: Zach, you good? We're good. You look good in that did.
1: two-tone purple.
2: I wish that yours fit. It fits fine. I could wear it out in uh, Hey, I'm surprised we didn't have any Wabash Cannonball questions. Huh. Uh, well,
1: I don't like the chant at all. I, I want it to stop. It needs to stop. I all of a sudden became Christopher Walken um, that um, I think we can all agree that even in Mizzou week,
0: the sentiment is true. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat podcast, all rights reserved. Go PowerCat.com.